Are you ready to have an open and honest discussion about sex and spiritual wellness without secrets, censorship, or barriers? This is Unbuckled with your host, Christy Ann Bella. In this program, there are no topics that are off the table, from religion to health, feelings to sexuality. Get ready to hear from some incredible people. And now, here's Christy Ann Bella. Hello, hello, hello. Greetings. Greetings, loves. It is Christiane Bella here. I am I am unbuckled today. I am I am um I don't even have the camera on. I'm like not even trying to pretend I have my shit together in any sort of fucking way. Um so my grandmother has finally passed and and my husband's mother arrived from Poland to come and stay with us. And it, it has been a whirlwind of feelings and emotions. Um, I decided not to go to my grandmother's funeral because I, and it is a tricky thing, you know, cause I do try to operate from the four agreements and not make assumptions and not take things personally. And I just, I really, I couldn't help but feel that the the likelihood of showing up in that situation um you know m- my family has tendencies right like i think it's it's such a fine line between making assumptions and having discernment and um and being willing you know to to be real about the tendencies and patterns um because if we're not then then we're, you know, we're ignoring the elephant under the rug um, and we're not respecting our boundaries if we keep showing up. And uh, and so given, <laughs> given my family's patterning, um, I felt that, you know, it was either going to be a, a very cold, good old Sicilian cold shoulder as they've continued to do thus far or... Uh, or it was going to be the, like, we'll pretend like, like Godfather style, like, like I'm Fredo right now. And I took sides against the family, but everybody comes together for like mama's funeral (laughs) because that's, you know, what, what looks right. And, um, but yes, (laughs) uh, and if you haven't seen, I, I think it's the second Godfather where yeah where so fredo i i just feel like i because it really now that i'm thinking about it it's like it's hilariously kind of spot on um so there's fredo's the oldest brother but he's like kind of not all there he was like sickly as a child and so he's actually not the brother in charge michael the youngest brother is the brother in charge the the other brother dies uh that that's like i think godfather one anyways <laughs> godfather two fredo turns against michael and like you know uh i think it's like a plot to death but like it definitely feels that way in my family like i you know and it's because fu- my family legit fucking refers to this shit all the time like you never take sides against the family like that is something like you know they throw out on the regular um so yeah so this idea that i would choose 
my expression of truth and what I feel is like the ultimate importance to talk about sex and sexuality and sexual abuse and all things sexual, like all, you know, sex and spirit, all things sexual, like to talk about sex in every way, shape and form uh, with transparency and authenticity uh, because that actually is, you know, the the freedom and the release of the shame, which will heal the shadow shadow energy and uh, reduce and or eliminate the the acting out away from um, the acting out away from the the healthy balance of our sexuality, right? And the acting out that that shows up in the forms of abuse. So uh, so yeah, so just really you know, that, that, that my choice to live in that path in their world is like, you've betrayed us. And, um, and it's interesting because my friend Taylor, who's been on the show, Taylor Mirror, she, uh, she did our poly women panel podcast and she, uh, she did a wonderful episode about astrology. Um, her and I got into a deep conversation about mothers and betrayal and and how it leads to betraying yourself. And I realized that um, that the reason why my polyamorous relationships are working so well right now, and like my husband has this incredible partner who um, I love, who is like also a dear friend, who is also a pr- practitioner that I've worked with, um, and they've been on the show. Uh, Jasmine is an amazing tantra teacher, and uh, you know. I did this incredible trance dance experience with her recently that was lovely. Um, But the reason why, you know, healthy, strong, balanced uh, people who are elevating my life are showing up is because I'm not setting up the trauma trap trigger game by, by like, you know, getting into these betrayal situations with people and yeah so it is it's really funny that you know we're so used to and I'll speak to I'll I mean I'll I'll say myself but I mean I see it I see it you know in in clients and in friends and and in my own evolution um we are so familiar with the victim hero perpetrator triangle it is it really is like the cornerstone of how we operate. And when you pull yourself out of that and you really start to become the observer and then even beyond that start to drop into that place of like witness source seeing, like seeing from the space where seeing comes from um, type observation, it's an entirely different thing. And, and so what I noticed most actually about not going and being around my family, um, was the part of me that is so familiar with playing out those roles that I like almost didn't know what to do with myself. And thank goodness, um, my friend May Wild, who her and her partner uh, May and Mage, they run Moss and Bones. Which it's an incredible apothecary. They make uh, wonderful tinctures and everything. They grow all these herbs and dry them, and like all the beautiful ritual work around every 
thing, Moss and Bones. Highly recommend you uh, find them. Uh, they have all this land. And so I went on my first ever camping trip on the land. And I have to say, like, I mean, like we were even talking about it. Like, why, why, you know, here I was on this land in the middle of nowhere where for, you know, even a good like 45 minutes after you drive off the land, your phone still doesn't work. Like you are like off, off fucking grid. And, um, so all there is to do is to like be with your thoughts and be with nature and, you know, and, and talk and be in communion. And I showed up in such a beautiful fucking way and was like holding space for people and, I mean, in super fun, silly ways too. Like some of it was like face decorating with like glitter sparkle crystals. And like some of it was like deep Tantra breathing and like um, all kinds of like tarot work and and different intuitive uh, medicine. And it was fucking amazing. And and we were talking about how like here we are, you know, in this space um, where nature is just happening. And this beautiful cycle is is unfolding all around us. And in New York somewhere at that time, you know, my grandmother is, her body is all full of fucking toxic chemicals and shit. And, you know, she's all like made up to look like some ideal memory version. Um, and then they're going to like stick her in the ground <laughs> where it's going to take forever for her to decay. And, you know, it's going to be all like toxic and polluted and like, like land i mean there's just so much with our the way we approach death that yeah i you know i'm grateful i'm grateful for the shift in the tide that is happening with people figuring out ways to allow yourself to go and and go back into the earth and go, you know, give yourself back, you know, from dust, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, like to to figure out how to safely um, be buried. And I know they have like mushroom suits now and all kinds of like awesome things. And but it was fascinating, like like we had to be very aware. So on the land. There is a bobcat nest that they are being very mindful not to disturb. Um, and so if you were uh, red tenting, so if you had your menstrual cycle, you had to like go in a certain area to urinate to not attract um, the the bobcats or, or things. Um, and yeah, and you have to be mindful of like where where the waste, you know, uh, disposal goes because there's a creek and like, you know, just being very aware to like not only not contaminate but like they're repairing the land. So this was land that like somebody like burnt this RV on and like, like wrecked and like left a lot of like, um, you know, stuff that just isn't meant to be out there. <laughs> um, and so it's just so beautiful to see the ability to make something better than it was before. And I feel like in our heart of hearts, like that's what we, you know, we want to be that hero. Um, but if you can even step out of it and not be doing it from a hero's place, because I feel like entrenched with the hero is a certain amount of perfectionism. And perfectionism 
is trying to protect us from shame, but it fails every fucking time. And all it does is steep us in judgment. And I feel like so much of our like mommy and daddy issue shit comes out in that perfectionist game. Um, so while I was visiting with my friends, uh, I was having a conversation where I, I totally owned. I was like, I my inner child deliberately has tried to trigger you because I want to test and see like how mad will you get? Like how bad will it be? Um, what will you do? And, and I was like, and the fascinating thing is like, you haven't ever responded and, and they were just cracking up and they're like, you know, like my inner child's done that to people too. And I love that you're owning this. Um, and it, it is such a testament to the work that, that we've all done. Like, you know, to be able to show up imperfect and say like, right now I'm doing a thing right now. I can see that I am playing out this, this thing out of safety, but, but it's kind of like, you know, a a passive aggressive, um, like emotionally manipulative technique that I think this is where, you know, when, when we talk about people being narcissists, like, sure. Yeah. Um, but also safety, like we really all do things out of safety. And, and so to be able to see that moment where I was like, oh my God, I'm doing that thing. And I'm even going to, fucking own it. Like I am not going to allow shame to take root here. I'm going to own it and say like, I'm fucking see myself doing this thing. And, <laughs> um, and it's because, yeah, because like, I want to know like how, like how upset will you get? And like, am I, you know, can I manage it? And that's where the reparenting fun gets to come in, right? You get to come in and in that witness self space say, you know, it is okay. I see you and nothing can inherently harm you. And we have the ability to remove ourselves from situations and to set boundaries and to ask for what we want and to um, enact change and co-create something that is, is different, but that's the challenge is it's different. It's just, we're like, I, you know, I realized when I was having this conversation, I was like, Oh my God, I'm fucking 43 years old. And like, I am just now starting to learn to play nice with people, <laughs> like be, you know, like really be in a place of trusting people. Um, because, the world I grew up in is, you know, is people who will like talk about you, but not to you because it's, it's the easier thing. You know, I get it. I get that. Like, it seems to be the easier thing. That's, that's the thing is it really isn't. It seems to be the easier thing to put up the fucking brick wall and to pull up your fucking, you know, uh, bridge, you know, dig out your moat, pull up the bridge, like isolate yourself, right? It seems to be the easier thing to shut off and be like, oh, I'm, I'm not gonna talk to this person or, and that's not boundaries, right? Like, 
Like running off and having a hissy fit um, is not boundaries. And, and I recognize that I've done it. And that was what came up in the conversation when we were having circle is that right now this awesome poly situation is working out because I've fucking done the work and I am showing up as a different woman. And so I'm attracting different women. But at times when there's been like poly drama, that was fucking on me because I, you know, I repeated patterns. Like my mother was somebody who would like draw you in. And then the minute it started to get uncomfortable that it was like getting too vulnerable, she would cut you off and push you out. And it was something that I did because it was like this way you you get to have these like brief fleeting moments of relationship and deep intimacy and like buddy buddiness. But then you get to have the 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 drama um, and you get to play the the victim hero uh, dynamic out when you like shun someone away and then you get to play out the betrayal, this this idea that like. You know, and it's like, and the truth is we're betraying ourselves. We're betraying ourselves by not trusting ourselves to show up and be our fullness. Um, and it's scary as fuck. Like, I get it. You know, I don't have the fucking video on because I was like, I don't want anyone to see this. <laughs> like, I'm sitting here. I have a fucking cold sore. I fucking my hair looks like shit. Like I'm all like baggy eyed. Um, I had a migraine all night. Like, you know, I get it. I get that. Like we don't we want to like play that good poker face. Um but it's exhausting and it deprives us of the real connection we're fucking hungry for. And it makes us feel less than, and it makes us feel alone. Uh, and it's a fucking lie, you know, because like the minute I said that, the minute I was like, my inner child is doing this thing to test you. Like the two other people I'm fucking sitting with are like, my inner child does that too. My inner child is also on a constant, never ending, holy grail fucking quest to figure out how to have a safer experience. Um, and man, like that is not, you know, it is not the energy I want my inner child to hold. Like I want my inner child to be able to fucking relax and have fun and play and be silly. And bask in this state of like intrinsic love um and I think the funniest thing about you know, when we talk about love is like it really isn't about finding love it's about getting the fucking shit out of the way that cock blocks your ability to fully feel love and the very things that we think are going to give us the fucking love. Like if I'm fucking perfect, right? If only I was fucking perfect, mommy and daddy would have loved me. And so thus everybody else will. Um, but that's the thing. The fucking trick is mommy and daddy didn't want to own their fuck ups. They didn't want to own the shame and step into the fucking face of, of that. And like, undo the judgment by saying like, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm fucking doing the best I can do. And, and if I'm not, I'm human. Um, you know, so it's, you know, it's so hard 
to, to forgive our humanness because we know on some level, like that witness observer, seer of the seers understands that there is a space where it is, you know, I, I feel like in our human words, perfect. Sure. I mean, it, it's, it's beyond it's, it's everything. It's all the things it's, you know, so, so that knowing kind of fucks with us in the human form. And, and it's having that, that compassion and forgiveness that like we came here to do the imperfect thing and to watch other people do the imperfect thing. And for me, when I think about like, you know, why, um, it's better to like not be engaged with my mother right now. And it's because like she, she is still plagued by the idea that, that it like looks bad on her, you know, that, that this makes her look like she's mad that this makes her look bad instead of going through all the stages, you know, of feelings it's like she's she's just stuck there like I was talking yesterday and when we were having our little circle time that I feel like you know when my mom like you know you want to keep your kid alive and well and I, I feel like she got this from her mother like you know my my grandmother did this too it wasn't so much like okay Yes, I want to like keep you alive because like I'm your mother and like that's my job. But mostly I want to keep you alive. Um, so it looks good to other people because it would look really bad on me if you died. <laughs> like, and I know that sounds so fucked up, but legit, you know, some of the times my mom got most furious at me. And and if you go back and listen, it's like early on in this season, um, there's an episode called like I Learned to Lie or How I Learned to Lie. Um, and I talk about my grandmother like, you know, lying to keep up appearances. And and yeah, like th this concern of like how it looks to other people, like what other people are thinking about our truth. And you can't you can't give that power away. You know, if you are concerned about what other people think of your truth, then it doesn't really like, it, it doesn't feel, it, it isn't really that important to you. <laughs> um, if you want to like, if you really want to enjoy getting to have that experience of, of what feels real to you, you have to do it without any concern for anyone else, which is like a double-edged, I don't want to say a double-edged sword. It's, it's the duality. It's, it's the, it's the playing this beautiful harmonic game of on one side of the coin, there is nothing that you're not and you're everything that is and ever was and ever will be. And then on the other side of the coin, you are that fucking grain of sand. Like that, you are that grain of sand. Yes, the grain of sand is part of a fucking beach, part of a fucking world, part of a fucking galaxy. But you are that grain of sand. That is your job. Your job is to be that fucking grain of sand. And if you think about every other fucking grain of sand, 
you lose it. You lose your, your connection to your grain of sand. Um, and that's been the, the practice, the practice in like removing the blocks to really feel the love and to like be, you know, like I spent this wonderful afternoon with two gal pals and it was like just so raw and vulnerable and tears and laughter and playing and dancing and being silly. And it was like so fucking medicine. Um, and it just spontaneously fell together, like absolutely effortlessly, you know, these things are happening because I stopped shutting myself off because there was a time when if I didn't feel like I was fucking perfect and I, I didn't feel like I had it together, um, I wouldn't allow anyone in, you know, or I wouldn't go anywhere. And to allow yourself to show up without judgment for you, you know, and and this is where everything is fucking duality. And that is, <laughs> you know, that is like, because for whatever is true, like the equal and opposite is also true. Um, there's a time to rest. There is a time to go in, but it's a difference between, and this is something that really hit me yesterday when we were talking, uh, is there's a difference between choosing to rest and resting because I've exhausted myself or I like I've run myself to the ground or I'm I'm numbing and I'm calling it rest. And I've become so much more compassionate with myself about numbing and like understanding that my nervous system has gone through a lot and in times like this when it's especially experiencing the full gamut of emotions um, that it is it is okay to want to pacify and you know it's that I can see that and that I'm capable of shifting gears you know and I've learned to gently shift gears like having a boat is so awesome I love it um, but the boat is super touchy. Like you can't just like throw a boat into like another gear. Like you have to like, like slowly kind of count like one, 1,000 to 1,000 and like gently go from reverse to neutral and neutral into drive and like back down again. You like really want to be like tender with the transmission. Um, and I've realized that with myself, like, you know, to not like run the fucking race car and then like slam on the brakes and stop and just like um, to really allow these smoother transitions. And I feel like even if you're not a menstruator, I mean, if you don't have a um, a specific cycle, like just tapping in, you know, whether it is to the flow of the moon specifically um or you find some other pattern, but, you know, creating something where you allow the seasons of change because they, they are very present. Um, and it was, it was such a gift to be out on that land. And it felt like the absolute most glorious thing I could be doing because I didn't need to be 
physically at that funeral to connect with my grandmother and, and her spirit and, um, and to allow myself to say, you know, whatever goodbyes I, I felt like I had to say. Um, and to be in a space where, you know, because I feel like the rejoicing in death is something that a lot of people don't understand. And, and I really feel that. I really feel like the the peace and the the rejoice, the like the true, like, you know, the freedom of the complicated body life, the, you know, the human life with all of its duality and contradiction and complexities. Um that yeah, that death, I think no matter what time it comes, I don't think it, you know, like, of course, yeah, my grandmother's 94. I mean, she lived a fucking awesome life, but I feel like anytime death comes like that's just part of the cycle and you know recognizing that death will come in your own life um i realized like a death of my of my tormented teenager self and of my like idealized romeo and juliet style like tragic romance novel self like i like she has died she died with marco when so for those of you who follow, like I had a lover for a while. His name was Marco. Uh, we're, we're they're dicks. <laughs> but Marco, um, there's a lot of fucking awesome things about him. We had like we had mad hot chemistry, which, you know, still had some fragments of that that trauma bonding uh touch in it. And we were playing out some some victim hero paradigms still. Um, but I was so, so fucking proud of myself that like when he ghosted, I did not chase because there was a moment when my fucking inner teenage self was like, we know where he works. We can go where he works. We know what his car looks like. We, <laughs> we go fucking fuck some shit up and cause a scene. And, um, and I was like, we could, we totally could. And, you know, and I know that we have, like we, we have done that to other people in the past. But right now, yeah, like we, you know, that's the reparenting is like, I love you. Like anything you think, like he, he hasn't really hurt us. You know, he, he hasn't actually left us. Like this shows us that he wasn't there for himself and is, you know, is not capable of sharing space with us. And we trust the universe when something shifts and changes, we, we don't go, uh, we don't go knocking on closed doors anymore. Like we use that energy differently and, and to just sit with my teenage self and like allow that to, to transmute and transition. It was just so beautiful. And like, just have a good laugh about it. Like have a good laugh about all the imaginary things I could do and then let it go. And like, you know, um, cause yeah, there totally was a fucking time in my life where I, for like months, like years even, would have, would have festered on that shit. And, you know, and instead it was just like, okay, like this, this shifted and this, you know, and I don't condone ghosting. Again, I think like the opportunity to, to be compassionate and, uh, in your communication, um, and and to practice 
receiving and giving no's to say, you know, I, I no longer choose to be connected or whatever. Um, like, you know, it, it's a practice I definitely try to honor and I certainly encourage. Um, but yeah, if someone ghosts you, it's like, that is not about you. That is them hiding in their fucking tower, like pulling up their fucking drawbridge and like, you know, shackling themselves into their own shit. And that's the irony is like we think we're protecting ourselves by not having the uncomfortable conversation or whatever the fuck it is. But that is not what we're doing. We are trapping ourselves with the very shit we don't want to smell um, because you got to look at your shit. And that was part of the, you know, interesting thing about being on the camping, because one of my big aversions to ever going camping was this idea of like not being able to shit comfortably. So because a lot of my um, abuse trauma is connected to like going to the bathroom, like, you know, having my diaper changed and having things happen um, or having things happen in like public restrooms when like somebody would take me to the bathroom. So I have like bathroom uh, orientated stuff and like shitting comfortably is very important to me. Um, and so to like, let that go, like, you know, these are the healing things. Like it's, it's finding, um, a beautiful way to go in and meet yourself at that edge of discomfort. So that like my edge of discomfort is not being able to shit comfortably and, and to meet myself in that space. And it was beautiful. Cause like, they fucking, you know, as much as an outdoor place without plumbing and shit and electricity could be, it was a nice bathroom situation. It was a lovely little shed shack. It had this whole setup system with dirt and a bucket and uh, and teepee and uh, a nice, like, you know, deodorizer thing, <laughs> like disinfectant stuff. So it felt really on point. Um but yeah, just to allow myself to be like, it's okay. Like it's, you know, um, it's okay, you know, to take myself. And that's, that's where I, I, you know, I love the work that I get to do combining BDSM and therapy because I feel like it does that. It, it takes you in through that outdoor. It meets you in that moment of discomfort and witnesses it and then starts to chart a new trajectory out of discomfort into the grace of no resistance, right? And so I think the grace of no resistance is not that messed up shit doesn't happen. And it's also not that we're constantly, as Brene Brown would say, dress rehearsing for like trauma that we miss actually enjoying the joyful moments of life. But grace in no resistance is the the trust that each moment is navigatable. There is, you know, like I love Marie Forleo, everything is figure outable. <laughs> like there, you know, there isn't anything that you cannot navigate through because you are everything and everything is you. And so if you allow yourself to receive and get out of your own way, it will come to you. Um, but if I'm playing, you know, when I was playing the victim hero perpetrator paradigm, yeah, sure. They would some, they would show up, but it would be fleeting because sooner or later the hero would become the victim and, and the victim becomes a perpetrator. Like sooner or later, if, if you're playing that triangle game, 
um, it's gonna it's gonna unfold in a, in a jacked up way. Like it's it's not it's not the same. And I think when people talk about like, oh, you need to love yourself first. It's not so much. I mean, yes, sure. But like beyond even you need to love yourself first, like you need to get out of playing the victim hero fucking paradigm um, because then any love you experience is contaminated (laughs) um, with the shame and the judgment and the perfectionism and inevitably probably like the addictive tendencies. I feel like, you know, it's it's the practice and that's where I am so grateful because it's really took me, you know, I've been in therapy. I started therapy when I was 12 years old. So we're like 30 years deep into therapy of all kinds. Um, and that's what I realized was, you know, it isn't just about talking and it isn't just about the somatic stuff and it isn't just about the nutrition it's about all of it together. It's, you know, it's the prayer, it's the meditation, it's the yoga, it's what I'm eating, it's how I'm talking to myself, the the affirmations that I'm using, uh, the, the, you know, the change, the neuroplasticity, how am I doing things, you know, physically for neuroplasticity. Um, there's so much great stuff. And it's so interesting because you know, I, I definitely set out to do, um, when I was working with people who are on the spectrum and as I was discovering my own neuro, um, diversity or neurodivergence, I believe is how we're saying it now, the new, newest PC lingo. And, um, as I was discovering the wonderful ways in which my brain is awesome and unique as we all have awesome and unique brains and realizing, you know, the, the early onset stages of my trauma. Um, I was doing a lot of work with moves that are like baby moves to, you know, you would see like, you know, babies crawling on their belly, like rolling yourself over. Um, and it, it was fascinating because some of them would show up in Kundalini poses as well, like Kundalini Kriyas, where it's like a series of poses for a, a specific purpose. And it, it's such great work. And the trainer that I'm working with now, um, who has a background in dance and a background in uh, physical therapy stuff and all this like, you know, coaching and, and the, the neurobiology of it all. Um, so we do these incredible things for coordination and it's so fucking powerful. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's it. It's like how how can you physically engage with yourself? So if, you know, if you think about those moments when you get triggered, like go through the checklist, like, okay, am I in a position right now where I can physically engage with myself? Physically engaging with yourself could look like something as simple as taking your thumb and touching each of your fingers from your index finger, moving through your middle finger to your ring finger to your pinky finger and like taking a deep breath, pushing your fingertips together and then letting it go and inhaling and pushing your fingertips together and letting it go. And just doing that over and over again. And it's like a really subtle thing that you can do in public if you're triggered. You know, spiritually, when, you, when you're triggered, can you take a moment? Can you, like, tap into a, a more ethereal, loving energy? Can you tap into a frequency? Maybe you even add sound to that. Maybe you excuse yourself and you go to the bathroom and you hum 
I find humming to be one of those things that takes me like right into that angelic place. Um, I feel like any, you know, <laughs> there. I think there's a reason why when you see angels displayed on TV and in movies and whatever it is and like, you know, songs uh, that that there is this great like heralding like, ooh, like ooh, you know, this this like ringing of of the angelic sound so you know maybe you hop on your phone and you listen to something really quick that that brings you into that frequency of divinity and of peacefulness um you know you look at like mentally like okay so like mentally something has activated in you and it's it's you know creating thoughts that feel disruptive like can you give yourself a mantra you know even if it's i am i am i am here i am here now like let it be simple you know i am peace peace is with me like what whatever you need like is there mentally something you can do um maybe mentally you need to just make note of like hey this is like you know disrupted me am i in a position right now to talk about it do i need to excuse myself do i need to um, you know, acknowledge and, and ask for, you know, a time to like circle back around to communicate about it. Um, there's a wonderful episode with Bren. Um, it's like, I think it's early on in the first season and she has, I believe she calls it the pause method. And she goes through like how to pause and mentally check in with yourself if you are triggered so that you can have that conversation. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I had a lovely conversation with my aunt. I gave her my condolences and I said, you know, I feel like with our family estrangement at this point, I don't think it would be healthy for me to be there. I don't think it would be helpful for anyone really because, you know, it's like this is another layer on the grief. You know, it's like I'm still fucking processing the grief of y'all acting like I'm dead to you <laughs> to actually have to go to my grandmother's funeral um, and be in a space where you're grieving her death and like we're playing this, you know, tawdry game uh, around, uh, you know, being emotionally dead to someone. Um, yeah, it just was not the choice that is, is, you know, is healthiest. And so of course that could be seen as narcissistic because then that allows them to put me in the perpetrator <laughs> space. But I see my self care. I see my trust in, knowing, you know, the place I was meant to be was to take that energy instead of matching down and, and reverting back to playing in the triangle, um, to go out onto this land and to do medicine work and to, to be with people and to help them come back to themselves and, and help them, um, be in that, you know, intrinsic loving space and remember what that feels like. And, and clear blocks. I mean, I had a beautiful session with a dear friend of mine who is an amazing fucking massage therapist and body worker. And so she's constantly giving and we dropped in and I was like, yeah, like this is like you receiving. And 
what came through was like this past life energy of like, you know, being um, a wet nurse and her like giving like her own kids like going hungry because she's like been feeding other people's babies. And I was like, yeah, like when we fucking drop in to heal this stuff, we are healing way back in all directions. You know, um, I was doing sweat lodges for a while with the Lakota tribe and they talk about like seven generations forward and seven generations back. That runs deep. Like, you know, when you think about it, like that's like your mother's 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 mother. (laughs) That's like way. I couldn't even tell you who that is. You know, like I, I know my great great grandmother, but beyond that, like another, you know, five generations going onward. Like, yeah, I, I don't physically know those people, but their DNA and their energy and their vibration, it exists. It exists within me. It exists around me. And so my actions and my choices, like, you know, pulling myself out of that triangle and going and sitting in an observer space and getting into nature, going back to the simplicity and the grounded energy and it was absolutely stunning. So the property, there's like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of acres, but the, the you know, 20 or so acres that they've explored and where they've started to like set up and build and they're doing all this like eco uh, aware building and um, conscious, you know, creating with the land. Um, so just naturally the way it it is, is there's this canopy of trees on either side and it it's it's a fucking yoni it's like this this kind of like diamondy oval open shape um that has this portal energy feel so we just sat there and we watched you know the sun like slowly set across and move from beyond the trees and move into the open sky and move back you know as it set behind the other uh trees to the to the west um and and then we watched the moon rise and at one point the moon was at clit o'clock like i'm not even kidding you like the moon was like dead in <laughs> in the center at like the peak point of of where the trees meet and like make this like kind of giant diamond shape and the moon looked like a fucking clit in the sky. It was the most glorious thing ever. So just being in that like mother energy and we started singing, let it be. And the mother Mary energy and just really like sitting in that space, you know? So while physically my mother and I are not connected physically, you know, there's still a spiritual and an emotional place where I can meet her and I can meet her mother and her mother um, and dropping in and getting into nature and doing that and and just being in those spaces where you're not distracted. You know, I thought about, I thought a lot about Jesus and a lot came to me about Jesus. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I was born on Ash Wednesday and I was named for my mother and her mother. So my mother's name is Tina and her mother's name is Tina. And my dad's mother's name is Anne. And I was born on Ash Wednesday, which is like a big Catholic holiday. And um, and so because of Jesus Christ, they named me in Christy Anne. Uh, so they didn't like Christina or like they, you know, 
they decided this was a great way to honor both mothers, Tina and Anne, as well as Christ. So Christiane. And what came to me about Jesus while I was out in nature was entertain the idea that Jesus Mary is actually a sex worker and she is raped by the son of the king. So a, a prince at the time um, and goes on to have this illegitimate child shunned by the whole town and, 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 you know, considered just like a wretch that no one will have anything to do with. And then the prince goes on to be king and the child is born and the child grows up believing that all people are equal in the, in the face of being shunned in the face of being born out of wretched circumstances, uh, that even though he is rejected, that he is such a being of love that he really can have forgiveness and compassion and treats all people as equal. Um, that, that, you know, that, that ability to drop in comes when we aren't distracted. Like I, I was really thinking like, you know, if we didn't have all of this tech stuff, like, could we be walking on water? Like, could we, you know, like, what could we be doing? You know, and granted, like, this is all magician stuff in its own way. You know, what we've done with like internet. And I mean, it's just amazing. It, it is wizardry in its own way. But what would we be capable of if we weren't playing with our wizardry this way? And if instead we came back to the senses and back to the body and, and back to those pieces, the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual and the sexual. And I have a few minutes left here. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm really feeling like, you know, the gift of, of doing the work is that those pieces really come together so cohesively, you know? So when I am triggered, it's like, what can I do? And sometimes like when, you know, when I'm at home, absolutely masturbation or sex, like is, is totally the fucking, uh, is one of those pillars that I go to. Um, you know, I, I'm grateful for my yoga practice and my mantra practice. Like Kundalini yoga is a game changer. Um, to be able to meet your nervous system in a space and create new pathways, we are so fucking magic. And and that's, you know, it it it's like I get it. I get as somebody who has been through some fucked up shit, like you want to honor the victim, like the victim needs and deserves to be recognized and acknowledged. And, and yes, like those experiences have shifted and adjusted things, you know? Um, I love there's somebody on TikTok. She has a great video where she talks about like a car. Like she didn't realize this whole time she'd been driving this like shitty beater car and everybody else gets to work on time and why is she always late? And it's like, oh, her, you know, her thing runs differently. Her, her vessel runs differently. It's like, I get it. But if we keep playing out these roles and we keep jumping back to the victim role, you're going to get victimized shit. <laughs> like, like there, you know, 
it, it, you know, there is no way around it. Like at some point, it's really about stepping out and seeing it for what it is. Um, and for me, it was it was seeing like that was like this safe game. I knew how the game would end. Um, and so being in the unknown, like being in that the seer of the seer place, the witness of the observer space is really being in the unknown. It's it's not a controlling place. It's not an attached place. It it really is the power of the now, uh, or you know, however you want to look at it, like that that idea of presence. Um and I'm grateful for it. I am very grateful for it. And so oh, I have two minutes left. I am going to end um with a moment of silence followed by some Om Shanti's um, and chant out uh, peaceful, loving grace to any and all people um, who have passed on from this earthly plane. <sighs> Divine peace and presence. Om Shanti Om Shanti Om Shanti Sat Siri Siri Akal Siri Akal Mahakal Mahakal Satanam Akamuradwahe Guru hmm. May the long time sun shine upon you and all love surround you and the pure light within you guide your way on. May you stop cock blocking your blessings and open up and expand into the temporary discomfort of being vulnerable to receive all that is you, intrinsic, glorious, divine, graceful, fucking, gushy, mushy, sparkle, magic, unicorn, love. I love you. I am grateful for this opportunity to share, and I wish you all the best on your journeys. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Unbuckled. You can join Christy and Bella for another program with amazing guests, stories, and advice every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be sure to check out our new show coming soon. Tired of having the same fight over and over again? Is it hard to remember a time when you felt close to each other? Before you call it quits, do you want to do something to rebuild that spark of intimacy? Of course you do! Ignite the passion like never before with Intimacy Architecture. Text 626-310-5159 to set up your relationship consultation. Again, text 626-310-5159. 
Think about how much sound you hear all the time. Noise, music, your own heartbeat. What is it made of? How does it work? How does it affect you? The universe of music takes you into the particles of life and the beat of living. It is an interactive online masterclass of music and science taught by the internationally renowned musician and scholar, Dr. Marcin Bella. Visit theuniverseofmusic.com. That's theuniverseofmusic.com.